You're listening to ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. Thank you for joining us this evening, this day, this morning, whenever you're listening. We appreciate your listenership. I am Irish Tightness at Irish Tightness on Twitter. My brother to my left, ND McFly. That's me. That's you. Yeah. At ND McFly mm-hmm. on the Twitter. Yeah. To my right, cousin JJ. Best day ever. Three in one podcast, baby. The three in one cousin, podcast. Cousin JJ, 3.1. This 3. day is ranked 1. number 22. If you hadn't heard, uh, Notre Dame beat Michigan State 38 to 18. Mm-hmm. Is that what the score was? 38 18, yeah. I'm doing that from memory. Uh, in a hard fought battle in the Spartan Stadium at night. Was it? I don't know. I mean, Michigan State basically handed us the game. What do you, you know, that's it. That's Cousin JJ's Let's, take, let's talk about Miami. Cousin JJ's take. <laughs> Miami. I, I really want to know at what minute and second mark does Cousin JJ go, are we going to talk about Miami of Ohio guys or not? I got the recruiting rankings ready. Oh, I'm mind. sure you do. I do. I know, I know some people want to hear it. Hey, can I can I do a quick shout out you to can. one of the loyal listeners, my wife. Happy birthday. Happy Mrs. birthday, McFly. Mrs. McFly. You may all know her better as the one that smoked all of you in the bull pool last year do you know i sent her a text like, like friday three. saying happy birthday right, she's exactly. like yeah that's great my birthday it's a week Monday. from now you're the first in though that you were first in the clubhouse good for you i wake up early and i don't i play through no that's hey man you remember that's hey, dude that's past look, fail you're I, fine i came you're fine i came ready to play on my birthday wishes speaking of things that people that came ready to play did, yeah did, cousin jj were you impressed with the start of notre dame the start of the season? No, or the, the start, start of, of the game. Ge- did they look like they were geared up? Ready? You yeah. always talk about no, them being yes. flat. Did they look ready they, to you? They looked ready to me. Uh, hey, I can see the point. Okay. And I, hey, I was wrong. I, I predicted us to lose and we won. Take it back. You were wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong just on the on the game outcome, not not on my general philosophy on Brian Kelly, just to be clear. All right. I don't know if we should just run right through this or if we should just take a minute I and like just sit in said... Cousin JJ being wrong. Like, it's like a hot tub. Like, I just need to sit in that. Like, he's, <laughs> he said he was wrong. <laughs> like, me... it's pork fat in a crock pot. Yeah, just like, rendering. let's just scoop some juices over it, dude. Hey, like, listen, he was sta- wrong. In the staff picks, I was 4-1, and one, though. So okay. Okay. Immediately on. seek safer ground. Is that I, what you're I'm doing abs- right now? Absolutely. All right, what we're going to try to do tonight, for better or worse, we'll see how it goes, better or worse. Hey, that's a great segue here. I'm going to bring up a little bit of a topic, and then you guys are going to maybe take the uh, the positive side of things or the or the negative side, uh, optimism, pessimism, uh, heads or tails, whatever you want to call it. Cousin JJ says realism, but he means pessimism. That's why people come to Indie <laughs> Fan Radio, because yeah. we don't sugarcoat things. Well, exactly, but you know what? To be very, very fair, this game wasn't even a 20-point game. This is really a 28-point game until the last oh. minute there, and I think that... To be fair, I think a lot of Notre Dame fans are really just ready to just be happy and celebrate something, and I would like to throw a bone to some of those people. So we are going to represent well, look, I mean, a little bit of the unicorn the side of things. 82 times, and the 83rd yeah. time they kick you in the shin, you're like, hey, That's thanks, great. Man. I love it. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. Let's go. So right off the bat, my brother here mentioned the start, and we had a real quick you know, pick six early on in this game. Granted, they were great off script, but they always are. They got an early touchdown. Let's talk specifically about scoring points off turnovers and converting when the other team just magically gives you the ball. You know, that's a that's a really, really exciting thing for football fans to see the defense scoring points, to see the opposing team turning the ball over. Do you guys look at that as an X factor that this is so awesome that this this Mike Elko defense has the ability to score points and force turnovers? Or is that an unsustainable lightning in a bottle lucky kind of thing? 
What do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, Elko was kind of known for takeaways at Wake Forest, so I don't think that it's completely unreasonable that this this defense will do more of that. I mean, certainly as compared to to the product that Van Gorder was selling us on QVC. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so, I mean, that's good. I have seen a couple guys ripping at the football this year. I mean, those are things that you've never – I mean, if gosh, if you followed our show – or me on Twitter for any length of time. I mean, I'd always just like nobody does that. Nobody rips at the football since Cody Riggs is the only person that ever did it. The guy was a transfer from Florida where they Shout actually out to Cody Riggs. They play defense in the SEC. SEC. Yeah, right. SEC. So you know, I see some of that stuff. I'm mean, so that's good. I mean, I think that I think that Elko does teach some of that. So there will be hopefully an increase. At the same time, I mean, look, Michigan State has been choke artists with the football this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did they have? They had lost. Uh, they had seven fumbles coming into this game. Yeah, and I think five and lost, lost four of them. Something like against that. Yeah. two absolute trash cans that they played. So, you know, I mean, look, the the uh, the interception by Love pick six that mm-hmm. was legit. That was a legit. That, that's turnover. a break on the ball. I think was he, that a scouting? That he looked said, like he, he was said watching. He, he said and that waiting. he said that he had seen the. They All ran week. that play. That really looked time. like that. Okay, so that's so so let's think about it. That's good, right? You have a coach uh, who actually understands the game of football, right? <laughs> I mean, because he, because that's the craziest thing. Which I mean, is, yeah, light bulb, bing! It's what a novel concept <laughs> that we hired. That, that we hired Extend a coach that understands the game of football. But but I mean, like when we're talking about like you know the goods and the bads, right? I mean, that's a good thing. Think about last year. Our defense would spend the. Five seconds before the snap, running around in a panic, like it's a Chinese fire drill, trying to figure out where to line up. And then when they do get lined up, we got a defensive tackle dropping in the damn flat and pass coverage. That makes no sense. Versus... What, the, what Elko has shown us so far, which is, hey, we scout these guys, we find a tendency, we teach our players, and then they make a big play on it. So well, that's good. And well, I think the quintessential play, and I'll throw it to you in one second here, cousin. the quintessential different play to me was stripping the ball like on the plane of the goal line. I mean, just not giving up until literally the last millisecond. There's a lot of football players in all levels of football that would have said that's a watch, touchdown. Watch that play in slow motion. He came, he comes in with a club on that ball. He just, I mean, tomahawk. It was like one of these, like, uh, you know, 300 or like a, you know, I don't want to say Spartan, but, you know, it was like a movie where, like, he just jumped off (laughs) of a horse and gets, yeah, right. Like, you're all in, you know, like, you just, you just dive onto the. That's nice. That's nice. So, those are good things. Again, but cousin JJ can elaborate. Michigan State is is kind of prone to choke, to to, to coughing the ball up. They're prone to coughing the ball up, one. And number two, both the second two turnovers, we we were fortunate. I mean, listen, the play on the goal line was heads up, A plus. But what are the? That's a one in a hundred play, right? A guy comes in, he rips at the ball. I mean, the odds of the guy fumbling on the one. That's a great heads up play. I mean, I'm not trying to. to, to Only say, Notre Dame would actually do that shit. What? Cough it up on the goal oh, line. Oh right. I mean, that just. <laughs> I mean, how many times do you ever see that happen? It's super, super rare. And then Lawerky or Laverka or whatever, whatever the heck the guy's name <laughs> was. Laverka. Yeah, in, in <laughs> German it'd be Laverka. <laughs> right. But but he's 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 out there looking like a Harlem Globetrotter, putting the ball above his head and between yeah. his legs, and he and he fumbles it. I mean, it's just it's, it's yeah yeah. It's exactly what that play was and it's just like what are you doing dude like what are you doing and listen props out to a brian kelly team that stepped on the throat when they got turnovers they had what three touchdowns off of three turnovers so yeah and i think i saw pete sampson sampson swanson samsonite Samsonite. i was way off my name is samson I think he said that Notre Dame has forced nine turnovers this season and has scored 
touchdowns off of eight of them. It's fantastic. That's great. I mean, look, I don't think anybody can. That is good. After this many games, you, <laughs> one of the things that we've learned in this podcast is that we, we've done breakdowns of when they score their points, first or second, third, fourth quarter. We've done breakdowns of time of possession. And one of the things that holds true in football, even Cousin JJ mentioned it earlier this year on a podcast, the turnover margin is a really wonderful indicator of wins and losses. It's not, it's not foolproof, but it's a really strong indicator. And the fact that this team, it's... It's just kind of a hallmark of a team that's well coached, which is one of the things we've all been dying for. Oh, by the way, Notre Dame has not really, knock on wood, been that bad with penalties. Michigan State also has a penalty problem. Oh, my gosh. And we have had, again, go back in the catacombs. There are so many podcasts of us basically beating our heads against the table talking about penalties and turnovers. I mean, you want to talk about a quarterback holding the ball like a loaf of bread? Your boy, E.G. I mean, it was a nightmare. Paging tr- Mr. Golson. The turnovers. Mr. Golson. You have a call waiting on line three. <laughs> the turnovers were That's a Pee Herman reference. That's beautiful. So I, I got to be honest. To see to see the tiny things, there, there's another thing, too, which we haven't really brought up. But I'll just – it's kind of a throwaway comment here. But, like, dude, like special teams are good. They're okay kicking at least like what? some of those things are put together. We're doing great. With- Have you seen our punt return? Oh, other than the return. Oh, other than that part of the special teams. But they used to be abysmal across the board. We're Martin, punting well. We're kicking Mar- good field goals. We're hitting every my, single my, extra my, point. My brother. Well, okay, since we're going with. C.J. Sanders averages si- 32 yards per I kickoff I know, but return. since we're going with good slash bad in this show, and you talk about the okay, good side of special there, teams. There is a bad. Let, let me remind you that Chris Fink has nine punt returns this year for a total of two yards. That's positive. Yeah, it was a positive yardage. Yeah, exactly. It, the number starts with a decimal point. Yeah, all right, moving on. Point point two, less than point two yards per return. Right, right. You might as well just fair catch him at that point, right? Just fair catch it every time. Why risk the fumble? Or I don't know, put in an explosive athlete. I mean, that, that's, right. that's Jerry another, that's another right. possibility Jerry too. Right. But I do want to go back to what you said though, because uh, you were onto something there. Notre Dame won by 20. I'm happy about that. It was a night game. It was a quote-unquote hostile environment. It, it, there's no, It's no secret that I'm not the biggest fan of Brian Kelly, but I actually hate D'Antonio more. Okay. You know, believe, believe it or not. That's you good. Know, I dislike <laughs> Mark D'Antonio more. Uh, so, so I'm thrilled about a 20-point win. It's It was fun to watch. I came away from that. Why do you not feeling, like D'Antonio? Look at him. Doesn't he look like the, like your first? <laughs> look at the guy. Doesn't he look like your first high school girlfriend's dad? No, he looks like, when like you a, pick her he up. He looks like, like the algebra a, teacher that gave me a D. Like, I should <laughs> fail you, but I know you're a good kid. He's just a I hate jerk. You. He's a particular brand of jerk. There's a special place in football. Health okay, sorry. I don't look. Notre Dame wins by twenty, and that's great. I mean, those are all good things. You can't be mad about Notre Dame capitalizing on turnovers, you know, and putting the ball in, and and th- those are all good things. At the same time, I mean. I didn't feel this initially. I came out feeling real giddy, but then I talked to cousin JJ, who's like, you know, comes through with the. Uh, Are you happy? <laughs> hey, let me dream killer. Let, let me shoot your balloons. You right, know, exactly. uh, no, but look, I mean, and you you touched touched on it, Martin. They had nine penalties for ninety seven yards. They had over hundred yards of penalties. Michigan State did. Michigan State right, right. had a hundred yards of penalties. They turned the ball over three times. A pick six and a fumble in the end zone. That's a fourteen point swing right there. Take away those points. 24 to 18. Not right. quite as exciting, right? Yeah. Not to mention they outgained Notre Dame by 140 yards. That and that was one thing I wanted to touch on real quick here is uh, listen, I think our old boy 
Charlie Weiss, we had to make the reference, obligatory, obligatory reference. Somebody's uh, about to get paid. Said it was about 10 <laughs> points per 100 yards. I think so. his agent wrote in that every time Indy Fan Radio mentions Charlie Weiss, it's like it's like a thousand bucks. Why are there um, blue M&Ms in here? Go uh, ahead. So what, what the what Cousin West said was right. So he said t- for every 100 yards, it should be about 10 points. And I looked at this box score, and I was it was astounding. In halftime, I was tweet, I was texting you saying, oh, my gosh, they're outgaining us. Like, we, we're very fortunate to be ahead this much. This is great. Um, but it was 496 to 355 in favor of Michigan State. And I pulled up three other games just randomly just to see who had similar scores. Clemson 34, BC 7, uh, 482 to 238 in favor of Clemson. Oh, you randomly pulled up the Clemson game. Oh, okay. okay, continue. Mich- Michigan and Purdue. It was a pretty close game till the end. 423 to 189. Huge outgaining there. And then I pulled up the Washington Colorado game 37 to 10, 414 to 311. Listen, it's very rare that you outgain someone by that much and lose as bad as you do. It just it doesn't happen. It's not sustainable. I'm not saying it's I'm just again, I'm here to rain on everyone's parade, list facts and logic and say unsustainable model it's it, rare it's, that you lose by that much but i also pulled but, some games randomly let's hear it let's hear do it do you want to go or do you want me to no go ahead okay i pulled some games randomly did you know that notre dame outgained florida state in 2014 by 147 yards but they had a negative one turnover margin i'll continue did you know that notre dame outgained clemson in 2015 by how much by 136 yards are you mind blown? You should be. But there was a negative three turnover margin. Do you remember the uh, Arizona State game? I know you do. Notre I do Dame outgained game. Arizona State in that game by 75 yards. Negative four turnover margin. Notre Dame outgained Stanford in 2015. They outgained Duke in 2016. They outgained Stanford in 2016. Navy in 2016. And they outgained Virginia Tech. But here's the point. There is an element of efficiency that Notre Dame was able to capitalize on this game. When the other team gives you the ball, you don't have to go as far, depending on where you get it. They were able to capitalize. I agree that you're not going to win games by 20 points. And, I totally agree and where with I dis- that. What I, I think turnovers are, are Trump gaining, yards gained. However, you're, you listed eight or nine games, but if you go back and look, more times than not, the team that outgains wins, period. I agree, but what I'm also naming things that are very close and near dear, near and dear to your heart, which was we were outgaining these opponents, and do you know what we had in common in all those games? Turnovers. We lost. Yeah, That's absolutely. what's in common okay. is that Notre Dame lost the game. The, there are examples. There's no question that dri- I don't know how long the drive was when they coughed it up on the freaking goal line, but let's say it's an 80-yard drive, right? That all goes to you the, go to the can. 80 yards, and you don't get any it points. It all goes to the can. Right. Okay. However, the the we can cite examples of teams that outgained other teams that lost because they turned the ball over, or you know, yeah, Notre Dame. Let's say had fourteen points here, and maybe it could have been twenty four to eighteen. The the what's the important question? I guess at this point is, can you expect it to continue? Right, and and that's hard to know because we don't know a ton about Elko yet. We like what we see, but it, but do, do you love what you see? I'm, you, I'm very encouraged. I'm in very you, encouraged by the defense. The, look, the bar was set so freaking low from Brian Van Gorder, and shame on Brian Kelly for bringing him back last year. I Part of the reason I hate him is because of that. All but, right? But but, the, but that's, they, You're right. But that they, never should have happened. That never should have happened. But you know what? They got a new coordinator in this year. I don't know if it's a different Brian Kelly, a kinder, gentler 2.0 Brian Kelly. I don't know. I had a conversation on Twitter with a guy, Leaded Tech, L-E-A-D-E-D, at L-E-A-D-E-D Tech. And he said, with so many losses, 
Tulsa, Pitt, Navy, USF, NC State, Duke, Northwestern, they're all attributed to shitty coaching decisions. They all were. They all were. That's part of the reason that everybody's got this. How did you not put NC State in there? I said NC State. Oh, I was going to say, that was the worst of all. The hurricane was blowing. You well, missed it. No, you do this thing where you start talking, and I just stop listening. <laughs> okay, go ahead. The, the point is, all uh, Brian Kelly's ego got in the way of so many of those games. And now they have some some coordinators that are are coherent. We don't know how they got hired. If it was Swarbrick, if it was Kelly, I don't know who to attribute that to. But the, the it looks like now Brian Kelly is trusting those guys. So that's all exciting. Those are all good things. Maybe Elko can keep that on. But I think the the question or the fear is is that Willingham? What did year did Willingham go eight and zero? And and it's all oh, two. right. Yeah, and they're scoring more points off on deep or twenty twelve even. And if it and if you're not playing a team like Michigan State who coughs the ball up left and right, do you lose this game or is it a lot closer than it should be? You you lose this game. I mean, if they don't turn the ball over like they did, we lose this game. I pulled some other stats. Everyone keeps talking about how great we are. Again, I'm here to present facts. And listen, if we had outgained them like crazy, if we had the number one defense in the country, I'd be over here saying, guess what, Brian. Kelly's the best coach ever. He's turned it around. But my point is, is that our offense right now is ranked 44th in the country. And our defense right now is ranked 71st in the country. 71st in the country. That is not good on many measures. You look at the teams who played in the national championship the last three years. Clemson, offense and defense, 7th and 9th. Bama, last year, 34th and 1st in defense. Clemson, 15, 11-7. Is that scoring defense or yardage? Yardage. is based off total yardage in say. offense and defense per game. Bama, 45th and 2nd. And then Ohio State and Oregon the last the other two years, 9th and 15th, 3rd and 83rd. All those rather have an amazing defense or offense, or most of them have great both. And I'm, I hate to bring on everyone's parade here. This feels a lot like Ty Williams' 8-0 year, where it's smoke and mirrors, 44th and 71st ranked defense, that's not good enough. Let me, let me, that's let, not good enough to do let me, anything. Let me re- retort that just a, just a quickly here. Do you think this is more like Ty Willingham in 2002 or more like 2012? Because those are two very different things. Would you agree that those are very different things? Well, they're very the different things. The team in 2002 was outscoring. The defense was like outscoring the offense in game five. It was something ridiculous. Yeah, it's something silly, but I think it's it's... It's somewhere between the two because this team feels a lot better than last year. It does, but you look at the offensive and defensive ranks, you look at being outgained, and we haven't really played anybody they're, but Georgia, and we lost. They're better than last year. Yeah, they're better. Okay, great. That, well, look, we already have three wins. They had four total last listen, year. Mr. Listen. Mr. I evaluate coaches solely based on wins and losses. The fact that we have one less win than we had all last year necessitates that you say it's, it is factually – Unequivocally, uh, they're better than last year. They're There's better. no okay. question Listen, about it. Listen, my daughter set out eleven Barbies on the floor. It was better than last year's team. All right, like we can all admit well, yeah, to that. But, but what I what I want to get into though is 2002. That team was heavily reliant upon turnovers and defensive scoring. In 2012, nobody was scoring on the defense. Nobody was scoring. It wasn't all about turnovers. The the, the opponent score was like I, seven. Tail eight, had a lot 11. of take. I mean, they had their fair share of takeaways. They just weren't. They didn't translate to point. But the games were like. 15 to I, I, four. That's hard to say because it's not the defense scoring per se, like pick six. But again, if you go, Samsonite said uh, eight touchdowns off nine turnovers, that still matters. But I, I think the point is here. Look, Notre Dame's like 100% in the red zone right now. I, I know. Mean, the, here, that's the thing, cousin JJ. As long like, as they continue to convert, will every team cough it up? Maybe, maybe not. But if you convert every attempt, those are free points. 
Here's what here's what I'm most interested in what's happening with this Notre Dame team. I'm not ready to anoint them the kings of anything, but when when my brother just mentioned the red zone efficiency and now the high, high level of efficiency, granted, no team's going to give you the ball as many times as Michigan State. They're an imposter. They played two teams that are a joke, as we mentioned last week. You talked about them being the number three defense in the country. They're not, period. Amen. But- However, Notre Dame is playing very efficient Football, which I think is really interesting and has to be attributed to the co- to the new coordinators. Are you it talking about defense or in general? Both. Well, because here's the thing. I I let's temper this just for one second. I, can I? I want to. I want to run something by you here. I want. I don't want to throw something at you. I want to. You want to run it by me? Run this by you. I got Hashtag more st- RTDB. I got more stats for that too. Notre Dame is the number seven rushing team in the nation. Okay, two hundred ninety three point five yards per game number seven rushing team in the country well hey tightness that's pretty tight isn't it yeah it is except for they're averaging 468.5 yards against temple and bc they're only averaging 118.5 yards against, against georgia and michigan state absolutely so that's concerning i mean i think that supports what cousin jj saying i don't i'm not saying this season is smoke and mirrors at this point you should I am. be you i sh- am you should be happy about a win against michigan state look mark d'antonio's a dick everybody hates him <laughs> the guy faked a heart attack he faked a field goal he's a he's an ass <laughs> and, clown and time was expired on the every re- of course it look was. his team was out head hunting we don't even need to waste time on all the targeting and spearing all the dirty play, so dirty. the dirty play. That guy's a dirt ass. All right, screw him. I have no love for this guy. However, so as much as I want to be excited about this win, look, let's talk about yards per carry. I see these beat writers tweeting out Notre Dame's number three in the nation in yards per carry at six point eight. You're like number three in the nation. Wow, man, that's awesome. It is. That's exciting, right? Tightness. Hashtag RTDB. It built the cathedral that you live in. Okay, fine, but they're 9.86 yards a carry against Temple and BC, a couple of tomato cans. <laughs> they're 3.08 against Michigan State and Georgia. And they're .08 against Georgia and three right. against Michigan That's State. That's what I'm saying. Right. So, yes, am I happy they're number seven rushing team in the nation? That's cool. Did our line look good against Michigan State? I thought our line looked pretty they good. Looked good. They yeah. do. I mean, every year we've been told that this is the most one of the best lines in the nation. It never never looks true. It kind of looks true now, but you still can't get it. So those are the good things, but carrying on with the theme of this pod, podcast – you're averaging 470 yards against Temple and BC and 100 and 120 against Georgia and Michigan State. You're averaging 10 yards a carry when you're playing against the neighborhood yard kids, all right? And you're three when you're playing people your own age. Well, 44, 44th and, those, and, the, and those are concerning and when I, you get into better and I think opponents. It, I think it's fair to dissect that even a little bit further. Notre Dame had 180 rushing yards against Michigan State, and they had 50 against Georgia. So you're very conveniently throwing Michigan State and Georgia in the same bucket there. And I'm not entirely sure that those two teams are even— They're not, they're the not riding bucket. in the same Uber cousin, here. Cousin JJ would say that Michigan State is— lucky to be a middle tier big 10 team they are they're a middle tier big but, 10 team but listen let's go ahead but they are a hated rival they so are. we can still find joy in it right no, we sure. can find joy but i'm here to kill that joy no look we know that's fine you <laughs> know ask me why okay we punched antonio in the face is he the is he debo 
is he O'Doyle? Is he the big bad bully of the school? No, he's a peckerhead. But however, it's still fun to punch the guy. It's a confidence builder on the way to the actual yeah, bully. Right. Okay, so let's yeah. just go ahead and put let's just put a bookend on this one. Michigan State. This is not the win of consequence that you were talking about, right? Correct. This doesn't. No, this isn't beating a team that matters. But Notre Dame's road record has been so god awful. The fact that they went to BC and won. The fact that they went on a night game on prime time out to to Lance East Lansing. That, that maybe that pays dividends down the road. It's sure. hard to say for sure, but the fact that they went to somebody else's house under the lights at night on a, on national TV and won, I, that counts for something. Yeah, they, you, their road right, record is exactly. terrible. So we're lately. gonna we're, we're this is not a marquee win. This no. is beating an inferior team. Look. But let's be and and do you guys care about the megaphone? Does this matter at all to you? The megaphone, the rivalry. I like beating Michigan State for all the reasons already stated. I and, like uh, megaphones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I think we can all agree though. I'd rather be a Notre Dame fan at this point. Four and eight last year, three and one now in Michigan State, three and nine last year. And now it's if you're a Michigan State fan, not that we're gonna dive into that in any way. Well, they're the same. It's hey, a lot it's really got, worrisome. They've got two wins. They're almost to their three win total last year. It just so, yeah, exactly. it just so happens that they're, they're improved. Then they're gonna beat Michigan, so that'll be fun. <laughs> well, and we all know what uh Michigan State radio sounds like, so go ahead and did YouTube you, that one. Did you want to do you hear Valenti's new rant? No, I haven't. Do you want to? I don't need to hear it right now, but I'm sure I will. Well, point. look, I mean I mean, he bags on he bags on D'Antonio. He says it's a garbage product. But what's interesting is he really dogged him and said this program is stale. It's as stale as a loaf of bread that's been sitting on the counter for they have six no identity. days. And he said their their assistance, the fact that he hasn't got rid of any of these guys, they're completely stale. When I heard it, it was very interesting because that has been Brian Kelly's tenure. That's why we can't wrap our mind around or quantify the question of is this really Brian Kelly 2.0 yet? Because I always thought the chemistry of his coaching staff was great, but man, he just hired a lot of his buddies and let them linger around. Van Gorder, these are guys, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice person. He's got decent feathered hair, but at the end of the day, he's a garbage coach. <laughs> what kind of tit would keep that guy on his staff? It makes no sense. How could you talk about a man who drives a Trans Am like he's that? He's got an IROC Z. The guy, yeah. I'm sure he's awesome. He's got, you know, eight tracks of killer music. But but he's not. We're not gonna die. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. But at the end of the day, you know Brian Kelly, and this is the shame. This is the this is the shame of Brian Kelly, and this is why it's still hard for the quote unquote haters like us to get over it. He allowed his program and his coaches to get stale, just like Valenti was bashing D'Antonio. He allowed that to happen. And thank God somebody, Swarbrick or Kelly or Divine Intervention, I don't know what it was, an alien spaceship came down and, and stole his brain playing Megadeth, you know, like like Michael J. Fox when he's got the radioactive suit on. <laughs> Whatever happened, he hired what appear to be at least some competent coaches. Yeah, okay, semi-competent. So, I, I, semi-competent. I, so far, I think when we win games like this, and the high train's only going to get worse. We're playing Miami of Ohio this week. Should I just get the recruiting <laughs> ranking in? Can I just get it in, please? Can I ask for permission to get sure? The, the you Miami? take it wherever you want. Okay. Is there a recruiting site that mentions Miami of yeah, Ohio? Yeah, twenty four seven does all the all the FBS teams. Oh, okay. So Miami of Ohio for your poor intern that has to actually look up Miami of Ohio's Let me recruiting do my information. Okay, so, go oh, ahead. Miami of Ohio is a hundredth ranked, so they're worse than Temple and they're why worse do, why than, are we even talking about Miami? I don't know. Well, I'm just saying the hype train. 
train's going to get worse. We're going to run for 500 Nobody. yards again. It's going to be great, and the hype train's going to get even worse. My point is, it's smoke and mirrors. We haven't beat anybody yet. and I'm keeping my 7-5 and five prediction. People tend to get so excited about this. I think we lose to Miami. I think we lose to Stanford. Whoa. I think we lose to USC. Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida. In between, before, it, we don't need to. Look, Miami of Ohio is not a good team. They're horrible. They're, They're horrible. worse than Temple. Do we need They're to go through Temple. the recruiting rankings? I, hey, listen. I did the work. I said it. Rue's, okay. Rue's going to be happy. Everyone get off my back, all, all right? right. Let's move on. Look, they're not They're not anywhere near. They don't even deserve to be playing on the same field turf. Right, I right? exactly. I agree. But they okay. are. So let's pull. So, so Notre Dame the hype train brought a win for playing a scrub opponent. And that's fine. Let's pull back a little bit from the hype train. That that look. The question remains, though. I, so I don't. I don't think we need to focus on. I don't think Miami of Ohio warrants our time here. No, that's enough. That's all I wanted. But thank you. The question is, Notre Dame's number eleven in Sagarin right now, Martin. Okay. They're number eleven in Sagarin, and they're ranked higher than all their remaining opponents. Really? They're ranked higher than Miami, Florida. They're ranked higher than Stanford. They're ranked higher than Southern Cal. Da, 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 da. What do are th- they really yeah. ranked higher than USC? What do you think about that? Look, go, look at USC's. I mean, people think USC looks very vulnerable. Their stats are basically identical, other than their passing is what our rushing is. But a lot of other things look pretty damn close. Yeah. Here's the point, though. No, it, 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 what you see. The talent, Cousin JJ, you know the talent and the coaching of all the rest of the teams on the schedule. Notre Dame should be able to run the table, should they not? They should not, no. You don't think so? No, absolutely not. You don't think Notre Dame's as talented as every other team on their roster? No, I mean, I have to pull the, the last games Our, of the year. I haven't pulled the exact numbers yet, but I know USC definitely has more talent than us. Stanford probably has a little less. Is Clay Helton a, a, a better win percentage than yes, Brian Kelly? Yes, he is a better win okay. percentage. And, so and, maybe one? And Stanford's... Look, Notre Dame's got the firepower to, to win out. I'm not saying they will, but they they have it. All right, we don't need to waste time on Miami of Ohio. That's a gimme. If they if look if Notre Dame loses to Trap Miami game. if Notre Dame loses to Miami of Ohio, I mean let's rent a 15 passenger van, the the Catholic Cadillac, <laughs> and we'll take this bitch up to South Bend <laughs> with pitchforks and and napalm. I mean burn the okay, thing down. They're not going to lose that game. Let me ask the, you this. But the question is. The the rest of the schedule look the NC State well could they beat Notre yeah they could yeah, they yeah they could but ha, do they have any re, is there any business that that team should beat a well coached Notre Dame team no none no there's not but I have zero faith between Navy UNC I NC know, State I know you have no faith but I'm not talking about your faith I'm talking about on paper. How many teams left on the schedule really have the talent and the coaching, the firepower to beat Notre Dame? From coaching winning percentage, Stanford, USC, and who am I missing? North good, Carolina? No, no, no. The other good team we Miami? Played, Stanford. Miami, Florida? David Shaw is a way better percentage than Brian Kelly. Right, All three of those right. teams from a winning percentage, coaching winning percentage should beat us. Here, help educate me on, and maybe potentially a couple of the listeners here on Sagarin because I look at the AP because I'm a nerd. Or, or not a nerd. I'm a, I'm a doofus, right? So I look at the AP you, rankings. Because you have a newspaper subscription. Because I have a newspaper subscription. I go out with my slippers what's a, and my what's coffee. A newspaper? Notre Dame is ranked 22, if I'm not mistaken, in the, in the AP, and USC is 5. So help me. Notre help Dame's me. not even ranked in the coaches poll and. Oh, and two Florida State is the coach's poll is completely corrupt. So, so is I don't the AP. Look, what I'm asking you is help me understand the difference. Why is Notre Dame above USC and Sagarin? What else does Sagarin take into account? Why does Notre Dame look better on paper? Strength help, of schedule. Just give me. It's, is, is that all it is? It's strength of schedule and it's margin of victory. Okay. 
And I mean, it has some, I'm not saying Sagarin's perfect. No, it's no. not the greatest thing since sliced bread, but it was a component of the BCS formula. Oh, I agree. No, I'm saying most people it's would math. say it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's unapologetic it, math. It's it, not human. It's, I mean, it's, it strengthens the longer the season goes on. So it's not as accurate. I don't believe at the beginning, but it has more not, virtue than the AP. I'm don't, I'm don't get look, me wrong. It, I'm just a, saying it's that's a all formula. I have it's not to. people saying, well, I mean, I really think that X, Y, Z should be good this year. Well, and how so could they that be wrong. Right. How could a preseason ranking? what i'm saying i mean look georgia's ninth if you saw the georgia notre dame game you'd say hey that's pretty damn close sure they're very close game i mean florida state florida state has got the number one schedule they played alabama i mean they're hanging in at 12th even though they're 0 and 2 southern cal's 13th tcu's 15th virginia tech's up there i don't know i mean i'm not saying it's the best thing ever but look it's a pretty uh there's no human element it's to it. It's not some ND homer, I think, is the point. It's, it's this is not, something that has uh, a little bit not. of math behind it, showing Notre Dame is being but, a pretty But it's curious team. that Notre Dame's 11th, right? Where's Michigan State? Do you know that off the top of your head? I'm just... uh, they were really, really bad before we played them. Michigan State's 37th okay. right now. I can't imagine they're getting much worse. Just ahead of UCLA. All right, enough yeah. of the crazy hype on that for just a minute. Is Wimbush going to win the Heisman? Well, Wes, you put the poll out. What did the people say? Next year or this year? <laughs> Here, here's the two sides of the coin. Wimbush dramatically improved. Oh, by the way, a little bit of a tie back to last week. Let's let's hit these prop bets really, really quickly. We had over under 150 yards rushing. We were damn close, dude. I mean, really, we were close. We were close. You guys were. We both said under 150. You both said under, and I said over. So oh, I got a point 180? there. 182. One possession game. Everybody missed that one because I didn't. I didn't have faith game. they were going to play Dexter Williams without Dexter. They were under 150. We had an over under on Ian Book snaps at five, and he was on the field, and I was very antsy. Twitter fingers ready and willing, and he had three snaps from what I saw. Who, so who said over? I said over. You so did. I got that one. Loser. And then Wim, Wimbush over 60 percent. Wimbush was 70 percent. So let's talk a little bit about Brandon Wimbush. Is this? Does this game mean that he's capable of more, or was he just yet again capitalizing on an inferior opponent? Are you are you finding a little bit more promise in Wimbush now? He's hitting. He's at least hitting receivers. He didn't. He wasn't asked with. He wasn't tasked with throwing a lot. He is exponentially better than Everett Golson. He's not turning the ball over like crazy. He's being relatively efficient. He's the forty first ranked quarterback in QBR uh, in the country. So I mean, that's Did not. Did you amazing. say Wimbush is exponentially better than Golson? Exponentially okay. better because he sure beca- right. only because he doesn't turn the ball over. I'm not saying he's a better passer, a better runner, but he doesn't turn the ball over five times a game. Do you know Wimbush's uh, season completion percent? He was seventy percent in this game. So let's just let's just give the guy. I uh, absolutely give him an out of. Oh, he's fifty four percent on the year. He's fifty four percent of the year, and this, his TD interception breakdown. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's uh, so, we, and we need to go into. I mean, that was the thing with two. the good and the bad. I mean, the good. Wimbush completed more passes. I don't. It seems like it was helped by receivers that actually used their arms to catch the uh, American which, football which being, thrown in their, do. being thrown Use in their direction. So, I mean, I think part of it is – and it, what's so hard is the fact that this guy's a first-year starter. Uh, this is what is th- – fourth, fourth, this guy's fourth start. It's sure. his fourth start. You know, these receivers, you know, kind of been all over the place. I mean, Claypool kind of stepped up in this game. Apparently, we're going to get Stefferson back next game, which could be potentially a, whoop, whoop. A, another dynamic to this game. And they get a deep threat. That, that could, you know, loosen things up a little bit, especially for the run game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 70% now, but you're like, yeah, he's still 50% for the year, 54% for the year. And and even though Cousin JJ says he doesn't turn the ball over, the guy's got three passing touchdowns with two interceptions. Yeah. yeah not not yeah. necessarily well, setting the, the world now. The guy's rushing for 200 yards and, and multiple rushing TDs, kind of different. 
Except unless it's Georgia. Unless, but that's fine. That's fine. But um, no, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think the jury's still out. But I mean, I it, it, at least it's trending the direction of maybe we can chalk it up to a first year starter who doesn't have a lot of chemistry with his well, receivers quite fair, yet. To be fair, we, who's starting to come into his right, own now. And we were chalking up first year starters as phenoms under Brian Kelly because for whatever silly reason, the last three first year guys, even Everett Golson, his first year was his best year. Kaiser, all these guys. They were the best when they had the least amount of Kelly foot fingerprints all over them, you know. And as the more and more they got coached and overcoached, in my yeah, opinion, but those they got guys worse. didn't have Thomas Reese for their quarterback That's true. coach. But here, here's a couple <laughs> stats. Here's a here's a little bit of food for thought. Before anybody out there gets too high on Brandon Wimbush, seventy percent completion percentage, and he's a great runner. Don't get me wrong, but you know what? We got two great runners. I don't know if we need a third from the QB position because I'm worried about it. Hey, if he wants to do it, that's fine. But just hired Kenny. Matalolo. Just Let's see in how many case you effective runners know. we have. The, who has the most receptions for Notre Dame this year? Do you guys know? Quick trivia. Well, who has the Equiminius most? off the top of my head. I have no EQ. idea. ESB and Alize both have 11 receptions each. Okay, 11. Okay. Guess how many touchdowns they have between those two? None. How many receiving touchdowns between One. the ESB and Alize Mack? One. One receiving touchdown. Okay. So as as you pointed out, on the season, there, there, there's six. And that's okay. Notre Dame has six. And rushing a, touchdowns and they have three receiving touchdowns and here's my is that final a bad thought. thing here's my final thought josh adams has more carries than the entire team has receptions that's crazy i i i know you're saying it's okay because when we're playing bc we're running for for half a mile and i love it but in i back in the day you you were the run the ball guy and i was a pass the ball guy what do you and mean back in the day back dude back in 20 no, I, 14, I am, we were riding on a I covered have, wagon. You could say you have been the run-the-ball guy. Been, and I've, and I was kind of the passing guy. I love what's happening with the running, and I think it's very exciting. The stats we mentioned earlier about Air running. Air McFly. But here's the thing. You have one guy that has more carries than the entire team has receptions. I mean, nobody on this team has more than 11 after four games. Somebody is going to sh- continually shut this. T- Here, here's everything I think about when you talk about that Sagar and stuff. If anybody watches the Georgia tape and they can even get remotely close to that, Notre Dame's in big trouble. That's the biggest problem I have. Stefferson coming back should be huge. I really, really hope it is. But if anybody else can play the front line like Georgia did and shut down the run to anything remotely close to the tune of 55 rushing yards, Notre Dame's in trouble, and that's the only reason I can't go with you on that. We're going to win here's out. Here's the thing. They didn't – do you have something to say before I go on a 10-minute rant? Well, you, you're yeah, new here, so no, you don't know what's about to happen. No, listen, I was just – Cousin Martin said it. I mean, a team that's going to shut down the run, it's going to happen. Miami, Rick is an amazing coach. David Shaw with Stanford has enough talent to shut down our run, and so does USC, and they're going to shut down our run. I get, they're going to throw eight-man, nine-man in the box, and we're going to have to pass the ball. And so, like he said – Well, Notre uh, – stop. Will Notre Dame rush for over 200 yards against one of those three teams? Probably against one of the three, okay. but not much more than 200. Maybe Miami, but I don't know about Stanford or USC. No way. That's no, I think way. Miami's way up got there. Well, regardless. Look, let's think about Georgia here. Are You guys watched this game, right? I did. It was not do you, good. Do you think a passing threat was the difference in that Georgia game? I mean, do you think like a, a passing touchdown? Uh, the, the, like, was that the difference? Was just that we didn't connect on some throw? Co- coaching was the difference. No, look, dude, it was. Dexter Williams got eight carries in this game against Michigan State. Scores a touchdown rushing and scores a touchdown receiving. 
Yeah, and what's his average this year? Like 10 yards a Look, carry? the guy's got 21 touches in 2017 for 222 yards. He's averaging over 10 yards a touch. And in his career... He's a touchdown for every 4.2 touches. Now, look, Josh Adams tweaked his ankle in that game. I'm not saying that if Dexter Williams comes in and gets 35 carries, right? Like you use Josh Adams as a workhorse in a game. I'm not saying that if he maybe against Miami of Ohio, he would. But in general, if you're playing Miami or NC State or a legitimate team, I'm not saying Dexter Williams comes in and maintains a touchdown every four and a half carries. Sure. That, that's unreasonable, right? His Yes. We're, we're normal people who can recognize that these stats are a little bit skewed based on the limited touches, and that's augmented by what Josh Adams does. You have a straight line, pounded out, workhorse guy, and then you throw in the fastest freaking dude on the field who's got jiggy, jiggy joystick moves. Of course he's going to score, right? That's all cool. But I believe that the difference in the Georgia game was like five or six touches for Dexter Williams. I agree. Five or six touches for Dexter Williams. And Notre Dame probably scores a touchdown in that game. And Notre Dame is probably undefeated. So for all the people on Twitter and the beat writers and the douchebags who are like, well, Notre Dame fans who just keep clamoring for Dexter Williams like it's not a big deal. You saw the game. You spout your mouth off like it doesn't matter. And then you see Dexter Williams come in and score touchdowns. Sure. He does matter. And I I position that had he played, had he got eight carries in that Georgia game, Notre Dame probably wins that game. I agree. Okay, so if we all are in agreement on that point, what is the difference if you know the receivers only have eleven catches, or if, if Josh Adams has more carries? I don't know that it matters this year. Well, and I, and here's the thing. Where you're going with this, in my mind, or at least the way that I think about what you're talking about is, why why is there this weird thing happening this year where we aren't seeing playmakers on the field? Let's call Dexter what he is. He's a playmaker. The, the guy is an electric player. I'm going to talk about somebody else that I think is a playmaker, C.J. Sanders, one of the guys that I've been the most excited about when I first saw him on the field for Notre Dame. Just an amazing guy. In 2016, he had 24 receptions as a receiver, obviously, 293 yards, two touchdowns. He's been extremely electric. He has to have a handful of touchdowns on returns. This guy has one catch for zero yards this season. That I don't know if he doesn't understand the offense. I don't know if he's in the doghouse. I don't know if there's some what other extenuating it's, it's, circumstances. It's not talent this year. It's characteristics or something or but grit. It, how is this cat not getting the ball here and there? Look, I love Durham Smythe. I love Nick Wisher. I love Chase Claypool. I love these guys, but I've seen enough in my limited football experience and acumen to know that C.J. Sanders can make people miss. He can do exciting things in space, and I think he can catch a football. Why is he? He's not even on the field. He's averaging 32 two yards per, it, per kick return. Guys, it's coaching. This is all – we're talking – you keep talking about receiving versus – it's coaching. A good coach, an Urban Meyer, someone like that, is going to see that he's averaging way more yards, Dexter Williams, and they're going to play him. They're going to see C.J. Sanders as a playmaker. They're going to play him. They're going to protect Wimbush's backside in the Georgia game instead of making no adjustments. It's coaching. I mean, it can't be any more clear than that. It's Brian Kelly. 
All right. What, what do you well, want from me? I just nothing. I don't want anything from you. But I'm just saying, why? <laughs> like well, again, we're sitting how much, here. How much cash you got? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's funny because when I when Walter, I'm, you're not wrong. You're I'm, just an <laughs> you're just an asshole. I'm, I'm marking off some tick marks here, and you know it's kind of funny. A, a guy like Alizé Mack, who were kind of bagging on because he only had yeah. a couple of receptions. He had a big he, game against BC. He's okay, doing a lot great. better. He's doing a lot he, better. He is doing better. But like, I got to be honest, I didn't expect like. Durham Smythe and 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 Cameron Smith and Chris Fink to be the guys that are like two, three, and four in terms of receptions. And, and I'm not saying we have to have guys putting up Golden Tate numbers or Michael Floyd numbers. Those days are probably gone. Notre Dame's just not doing that anymore. But it's just it's it's mind blowing to me the guy like C.J. Sanders is not on the field in some other way other than than kick returns. I, I get it. It's a niche thing. It's a tough thing to do. He's an electric player. Maybe maybe they can't trust him when he. When, maybe think, he's not a good blocker. Think, think of how, how many. How is he not on the How field? many of those bubble screens they threw to Will Fuller and T.J. Jones over the years? I mean, just a jet sweep. I mean, just anything. Just, just, get him know, involved. A couple plays. It seems like he would be a guy that could get a couple touches. All all the caucus that was behind Dexter Williams being able to play needs Again, to move I, the, over the, to CJ Sanders. The, the people, yeah, that and the people the that clown that like as if, well, jo- look what Josh's Adams is doing. Why would you even suggest Dexter Williams? It's like, look, because the guy's electric. Because he's a change of pace, because he can supplement what Josh Adams does. And Josh because Adams, Josh Adams can't run the ball 9,000 times this year. Yeah, he already has a knee brace, yeah. and he's not Derrick Henry. Oh, by the way, before I would be remiss if I didn't mention, Josh Adams has 65 carries, and his average is 7.7 No, he's insane. Yards. And we used to talk. It was, what's funny, too, is as I said, you know, I don't know if Dexter Williams is, is ready or necessarily even deserves to be the workhorse. And, uh, and you know, and say, well, you know, I mean, he's, yeah, the guy's, he's scoring a touchdown every four you know 4.25 touches but it, that would never carry and we just say that about adams like look i mean guys averaging like eight yards a carry God, right right odds are he's not going to continue to do that as he becomes the feature back all the guy does is get 20 carries a game i mean he only had nine in this one here's but what i know <laughs> i mean it was like jonas gray levels of of where the hell are these yards coming from right but here's what i know about dexter williams and josh adams this year we've had four games both of these guys excuse me, have two runs over 60 yards. Two runs over 60 yards for both of these guys. Oh, by the way, Wimbush has one over 60 yards. D- but both so, of these guys so need to be mean, on the field. Does that period. mean that our line is finally what people have been telling us it's been for the last six years? I mean, no. you don't no. think so? No, listen, look how they performed against Georgia. We got slaughtered when we played talent that equal or better talent. And I'm just like, until we prove that it's against a top-tier defensive line like a USC – I'm not saying it. Gary, USC's be- lines really aren't that good, I don't think. I think this offensive line is doing very, very well in terms of run blocking, which is just push forward, big corn-fed guys. But here's the thing. They haven't provided Wimbush just enough time to do accurate throwing, but that's on him more than it is on them. You, you can't have all day back there. I think that there's a little bit of a difference. He's, between I mean, the pass he's blocking. also, but Wimbush is also pretty. He, I mean, he looks like bang, bang, bang. That's my three progressions. I'm running. I mean, he just sure, goes. Sure. I mean, so yeah. the guy's starting his third game. Okay. So I mean, is it the best I, line I, in the country? No, no, I mean that stuff needs to stop. Great, they, they looked amazing versus two super cupcakes, and we beat a mid Big Ten team. But it's not a liability. Awesome. Watch Michigan, dude. Michigan I has think offensive this line is problems. One watch, of the five best lines in the country. If you watch, they're good. Yeah, they're good. One what? 
This is a good offensive line. It's yeah. Did, did you guys like? You have a mental block on the Georgia game. Like, you see our rushing average in that game. How can you say it's a top five offense? You line? yourself mentioned that schematically they weren't putting a guy on the weak side blitz. Is well, that a line problem or? Co- I mean, look, I'm we, what we, we ran oh. for what like one point five, two point five. I forget what the yeah, y- listen, yards per carry was. Okay. It wasn't great. Yeah, but what I'm saying, they is, had sack yardage in, I believe, and I think Dexter Williams would have been. A, I think he would have been. A, a, a logic, a, a logical. Th- I'm really what I'm most upset about. It, it, Notre Dame could be undefeated right now. Whether, whether that means anything, Jim, I don't know. Right? Because if it's four and zero, you and I both know the hype train is just even bigger than it is now, and it could be smoke and mirrors too. But Georgia was a winnable game. They, they were, I mean, there, there were. I mean, just a couple of tiny tweaks in that game, and it, it, it was a winnable game. Now, people think you looked at, you know, Georgia beating up on Mississippi State. I don't know if that means anything. Or, so if, early, or, or if BC against Clemson being close. I don't know if that means anything. I, every game is a little bit different. So, it's I mean, it's hard for me to draw conclusions. But I did watch Georgia-Notre Dame, and I think that game was winnable. And I think Dexter Williams may, could could possibly have been the difference in that game. I would go as far to say we should have won that game. We looked we, better I th- I we think should have so. won. I we think should have so. won. I think so against a freshman QB. And we got outcoached. That's it. Well, if it was at Notre Dame, who knows what would happen. <laughs> Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Look, the, the offensive line might not be Alabama or the Dallas Cowboys or whatever, but here's the reality. They're good. Notre Dame has put some serious offensive linemen into the NFL, and I know we don't take too much credit for that, but here's the thing. They, they've put very good players in the NFL. Look, Van Gorder put defensive players in the NFL. He's a clown. I mean, Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith being in the NFL doesn't mean Van Gorder was the good. The problem is... Any of the pro- any of the things that you've seen this year that were complete misses, like the the famous in- infamous, I should say, McGlinchey miss, dude, that wasn't a talent thing. That wasn't a size thing. McGlinchey is the real deal. It was a misstep. It was it was a misstep. And is it coaching? Sure, chalk it up to coaching. No problem. They're not impeccable. Don't get me wrong. They are not impeccable. But here's the thing: an offensive line. I don't care who you're playing. An offensive line in two games that can produce 900 yards of rushing. Is decent, uh, right? Again, That's a good uh, I mean, line. Look, I mean, look, uh, you know, I, co- I can't say anything I else coach about a, it. Look, I coach a third and fourth grade team. I have uh, one kid who's by far better than anybody else in the league, and our line sucks. And if they make like a couple of decent blocks, this dude can rip out a 65 yard run. It does not necessarily reflective of our line blocking. That's well, true. they don't, you need a, an initial hole. Once you get to the initial hole, you hit the sideline or the edge or up the, whatever it is. And a guy that takes a poor angle, you're gone. So I don't know if that necessary, because a lot of those have been just obscenely long runs. But look at some of the gifs and the and the clips and the Twitter stuff. I mean, these guys are creating massive holes. And I'm there, talking to the tune of Dion freaking McIntosh can come in and average ten yards a carry and score whatever yeah. the hell it is. I mean, that you know, it means nothing to me. That, Sorry, it means nothing. Here's to a, me. Here's, a, here's that's a, it. Let me let me throw this to you. Unless you can do it against a top tier team, it doesn't mean anything. the the only person I know that wears a knee brace that's the size of Josh Adams is you, cousin JJ. <laughs> Josh Adams Robo knees. has the entire Robo knees. he has the entire fuselage of a seven sixty seven <laughs> on his leg. All right, he's not the. Here's the thing about Josh Adams. When I run, it's like <laughs> right, exactly. Run, <laughs> run. When I quote unquote. Run. Here's here's what <laughs> let me let me say this to you. Here here's what I find really interesting about Josh Adams. I I, I don't know what his forty time is. I haven't quite de- delved into that. But Josh, he gets talked a lot. Josh Adams is not 
not the fastest guy on the field for Notre Dame or any other team for that matter. He's not that fast. He has been hawked multiple times from behind, yet this guy already, already has two yard, two runs, I'm sorry, over 60 yards this year. And if you go back to my podcast very before the beginning of last year's season, I talked a lot about the big plays that Josh Adams Didn't was responsible for. Didn't you say he was for. shitty on third down? No. Well, I don't know about the third down, but I made a huge, huge case for Josh Adams being the feature back because his he had so many long, Over long, Falston. Long Over Falston. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, okay. Here's the point. We have a lot of... Did you guys see the tweet about Notre Dame having the chunk plays more than anybody else in the country? They have more plays over 30, 40, 50, 60 yards Look, in, than your anybody cousin in the J- country. Cousin JJ is shaking his head at you because he's going to say that Notre Dame has basically gone through your neighborhood on trash night and he's kicked and they're, all they're doing, their first four games have been kicking over recycling bins and trash cans. You, you know what I feel like right now? I feel like my kid comes in with the drawing. I'm like, your drawing sucks. You know, until you get to the Chicago Museum yeah. of Art, I don't even care. Like, that's what I feel like. I feel like a jerk over here. I'm sorry, but it is, you know, it is what it is we we were we can't do it against a good team so i, I, ha- I have no that. problem with that but there's a lot of other fans out there i think let that me watch ask... games and they say 500 rushing yards that's interesting beating that, michigan look... state by f- almost four touchdowns three touchdowns look, that's interesting right, let, let's let's go through the schedule let's let, let's all right let's go through the schedule let, let's just stop it we'll just stop we got about 10 minutes left in the show C- let's 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 placate cousin jj just a little bit here and just step through him all right temple we wax Temple, right? Which we should. Okay. USF. USF played Temple this week and basically beat them as senseless as Notre Dame. Sure. Did. Yep. So Same thing. Does that necessarily mean anything about Notre Dame? Nothing. It nope. May, probably not. No, and the, no, the, the no fact new that you ran for 400 yards against Temple, which Brian Kelly, by the way, would tell you is a 10 win team. Now he was out there dancing a damn jig in the locker room after this Michigan State game. I'm surprised the guy would dance against a three-win team last year, right? That's, that's true. <laughs> no, but look, I mean Temple got. They, they, I mean they they got abused by USF. Sure, they're right? Not, they're not a good. So it's hard team. to say that that's real exciting. Okay, what's what's game two? Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, I mean one point one point loss. That that's close, right, cousin JJ? We only lost by one point. Losers lose, winners win, baby. That's it. Yeah, I mean that that one's a toss up. What, what, what's Brian Kelly's record against top ranked teams? It's abysmal. I don't know what it's off the top of my head, but it's, hor- it's horrific. It's it horrific. is. It what, is. What, what, what's our point of reference against Urban Meyer and Alab- or Nick Saban last time? They Notre played? Dame has played every single act. Oh man, I had this written down. Let me let me try it from memory here. You guys help me if I'm wrong. Keep keep me from going off the edge of the cliff. here. All the active coaches every that have won a title. Every active football coach who's won a national title, Brian Kelly has faced. Yeah. Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher. Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney, Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. He's 0 and 6 against. Two, two against guys. Clemson, right? One against Clemson, two against Florida State. Yeah, that's what I mean. One against Ohio State, one against Alabama. He's 0 and 4. And one against Alabama. One against Al- He's 0 and 5 against yeah. every active coach who's won a national that's, championship. That's the point of reference right there. That's it. It's fair. I mean, it's fair. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, I you know, people want to draw a lot of conclusions that they lost by one. That's the craziest thing. Notre Dame could have beat Georgia, and it's hard to say is Georgia really a playoff team or are they just riding the same hype train because they pissed on Mississippi State, who who knows if they're any good, right? Sure, sure. 
I don't know. And then BC, I mean, there's a lot of curveballs, right? Because they played really well against Clemson for three quarters. I think they hired Paul Longo. That's why they collapsed in the fourth quarter. Were you joking about that, or did that actually happen? I was joking about that. Okay. I think Paul Longo's collecting a disability check from Notre Dame currently for like a workman's comp thing. He hurt himself or something. Yeah. So, but no, I. <laughs> well, the players weren't. So. <laughs> like lifted something too heavy. <laughs> the player, the players weren't. So yeah, right, right, right. Okay, no, no, no. I, you know, and then so I mean, who knows? And then Michigan State, they played a couple of. I mean, they've they've played a couple of high school teams. So well, and I, here, look, here's the I, thing to about cousin this JJ's schedule. point that ain't played nobody. They really haven't, except for Georgia. We, and we think, lost, and That's we lost. It. So I, I let, get, I get let, that. Let me say this, we but said, but can we at least, in fairness, can we at least say? It appears that this team is trending up from la- granted last year was rock bottom. I don't even think I don't e- like I didn't even believe Brian Kelly should have a job at the start of this year. So yes, there in every national writer who went on a limb and said Notre Dame should double their win total this year. Well, no shit. I mean they won four games. That's not a big reach to say, but I mean, uh, do, do you at least see glimmers of hope? Do you see any reason for optimism or no? Yeah. Well, listen. Let me let me say this. We said this on an earlier show. First time listeners out there. All three of us at this table, nothing would make us happier than Brian Kelly winning a national championship. Before the season, I said, my benchmark is you have to make the playoffs, period, and compete, or I think you should be fired. He should have been fired last year. So we're all rooting for Brian Kelly, and nothing would make me happier than being wrong and coming on and saying, hey, wow, we're 11-1. and I was wrong. I'm Why don't like, you say you were wrong about this Michigan State game right now? I already said that I was okay. wrong about the Michigan say State again. game. But I'm right about everything else. Because the numbers point to that. I mean, yeah, sure, he could pull something out of left field. Did you field, say but it's completely Wimbush unlikely. should get benched for Ian Book? Were you right about that? I didn't say that. Okay. Go back and pull the tape. I did not say <laughs> that. make sure. I did not say that. But what, my point is we want we What want was your Brian opinion Kelly on win. kneeling for the NFL? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> Let him finish. Let me finish. This is what I do. You're new here. I get you distracted. You forget your train of thought, and then I jump in and talk I'm for over another. Here t- like, and yeah. I talk for another ten yeah, minutes. Martin's over here rolling his eyes like, ah, oh, this, this is status quo. Here we listen, go again. I've been there. Listen, listen. We, we want Brian Kelly to win, and that's the best case scenario. It's the best case scenario for everybody. Not having to change coaches, but it's statistically extremely unlikely. Would you guys disagree? It's statistically very, this very, is Brian very, Kelly very, 2.0, man. This is Brian Kelly Vista. It's not. And until we beat USC and Stanford and Miami of Florida, I'm going to keep saying it. Here's is, what I find is, really interesting this year. When my brother mentioned the Sagarin, that was that was shocking news to me that Notre Dame was ranked higher than their don't remaining you opponents. I tweeted that yesterday. You don't follow me on Twitter? I, I At Irish Tightness, m- you should. Maybe I had something else going on. <laughs> I, my When my phone buzzes and it's your tweet, you don't, don't have dive them flagged? over you don't my have, bed. You have it flagged for like notifications every time yeah, I tweet? Yeah, make sure I set the strobe light so it wakes <laughs> me up at 3 in the morning when you have a vision of Paul when Johnson or something. When you have a bourbon something. buzz and you're done editing your podcast and you're wasted on, yeah. on bullet rock. And you're like, maybe Ken, Coach Ken is going to coach Notre Dame love, next year. I and love then. Kenny Matalolo. Stop it. Love. Stop I it. Have Give to, me Elko and Coach Ken. I have to admit. Worlds. It was news to me <sighs> when, you, talking. when you said that no other opponent was ranked higher than Notre Dame and Sagarin. That you was look news at to me. I'll bring no, it up right I, now. I totally believe you. I get you toe by noon, dude. And here's the thing. Stanford, kind of suspect. USC, they're riding the wave right now. Uh, more power to them. Stanford's em. got a tougher schedule than ND, but they're 2-2. Two and two. And USC's riding the wave. Here's the thing. Notre Dame could be 11-1 and one without playing that super, super marquee team like you mentioned. This is not 
Jimbo Fisher, Urban Meyer, Nick Saban. Notre Dame could be 11-1, which we saw in 2012. Am I calling that right now? Absolutely not. But here's the reality. If those teams start to fall off, there's not as much red meat left on the schedule as you think. The smoke and mirrors could continue. I don't know exactly where I fall, but I do know that I was... Everybody on this podcast called this a one-possession game, and it was a three-and-a-half possession game, to be fair. Michigan State had a garbage touchdown late. They can be a garbage team this year. I have no problem chalking the fact that Notre Dame won up to, you know, well, well, I'll put it this State's way. Wake, Wake, Wake Forest is ranked higher than Michigan State. In I, got, I got no problem with that. Nothing but everybody on this podcast last week with the information we had available said this is going to be a one-possession game. And one of us picked against the team. I'm not calling them out, but I'm just saying that's where our heads were at. That's all but, uh, I'm saying. I mean, look. And I Notre mean, Dame had look, no problem in this game. We've been hurt. Zero problems in we've this We've been game. hurt before. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm not saying anybody's winning a Heisman. I'm not saying anybody's going to the playoff. I'm in the it, same it, place it, it, with Brian Kelly. I'm like you, Martin. You're like your brother. When Wes puts his hand up, you flinch. just because you're so used to it when you're a kid. Like, I'm it, with it, you. It, it, you. I'm with you. That's what I am as a fan. But yeah. here's, here's my parting hey, shot. Mom's got a new boyfriend, so. Here's my parting shot. I find it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be different this time. I don't know. I don't know Sagarin as much as my brother, but I found it very interesting what you said. That was enlightening to me. And here's the other thing, like I, I just this team is running very efficiently. The machine is running the, efficiently right now. I'm looking at the readout from the, from the CNC yeah, machine. It's a refinery, and, and it's, I'm like, it's utilization's at like 95 percent right I'm now. I'm like, hey Frank, are these numbers right? This yeah. is looking really good. I'm not calling anything. I'm not yeah. bringing the boss yeah. down. I'm not saying play. Wait till off. Homer Simpson gets his hands on those switches there. Sure. <laughs> I'm not booking tickets to any sunny destination just yet, but I find it I'm interesting. I'm not even booking them to South Bend yet, but if they get top 10, I'll go. Oh, by the way, uh, need I remind everyone uh-huh. out there, I will be at the game this Saturday. So I wanted to put that out there on Sucker. the podcast because... You know, there's probably some logistics for autographs and, you know, pictures and whatever. You so want free bourbon. Don't I lie. Wanted, what, are you I taking wanted, a tour of the locker room or something? No, no. I mean, I will be there, and I figure there's some crowd control. <laughs> like, they need to plan. He's a, this is a shameless plug for someone to invite him to his tailgate. That's yeah. what this is, isn't it? If you have <laughs> bourbon and barbecue, <laughs> please, please talk to my brother on Twitter. At, at Andy McFly. Listen, I'm really tall. I'm amazingly good looking. And if you can't mm-hmm. see, just smell the hot takes. That's that's me. Okay. What'd you do, kid? Jump ship? I'll be there. I'll be there with the wifey. We're both going. Do, does anybody have anything else to say? No, I mean, I'll, Michigan. I'll it's a nice win, right? It's, it's a, a nice, nice win. win. I'll be in Canada. It's not of consequence. Really? <laughs> it's not of consequence. Are we are we in agreement there? It's a look. It's, it's a, a nice, nice win, win against a coach that we all hate. Sure. The dirty ass team. Go watch the tape. It's a dirty They're team. Dirty. Targeting late hits. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, just the, you it smith, is a dirty the smice catch. It's, I mean, it's a, he it's about a got decapitated. Team. Absolutely. D'Antonio's a dirt ass. What do you want? I mean, it's look. Stanky leg. We we beat we beat Stanky leg. He's got a stint after his heart attack, and and he does the stank leg now. I'm gonna get surprised. Got a stroke out. In this yeah. One. Hey, you know what was funny? I swear, D'Antonio probably worked on two point conversions for two weeks with his uh, bye week. Sure. He worked on two point conversion, his trick two point conversion play for two weeks. Little did he know that he would have to run his two point conversion to cut the deficit to twenty. Yeah. Exactly. Eat shit, D'Antonio. No, I'm with you there, punk ass. I'll tell you this, didn't really feel like a rivalry, didn't have the uh, panache Well, they didn't the punch drama. back, man. They rolled Not over. Look, they cut 100 penalty yards, three touchdowns, you know, 14 points off turnovers. 21. 
21, they rolled over. But you know what? They rolled over. After all the games we've been through with <laughs> Michigan State. Choked on applesauce. <laughs> 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 they did, right? Uh, did they, cousin JJ? What do we take out of this win? You, you say the final words, and we're getting the hell out of here. We take nothing from it. That's it. We, it's fun. To take, have joy in the game. Enjoy life. But I'm just telling you, there's a dark, dark tunnel coming ahead, and there's no light. You think at the so? End. All the right. Light, the light at the end is Chip Kelly. We're gonna hold you to it. <laughs> the light, the light at the end of the tunnel, tunnel is Chip Kelly. He says. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to Indie Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. We are thankful to be part of the SB Nation family of blogs. Hit us up on the blog, put some comments. We don't check it a whole lot, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> make a comment. We you're don't still care. welcome. You're still we welcome to scream into the empty cavern and see if an echo comes back, <laughs> comes back to you. That's what we do. And right? uh, I guess go Irish beat. Red Hawks? Beat Red Hawks, Red Hawks. Beat the Redskins, would you? Sure. Come on, man.